three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there was that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, Aaron. Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is Jobbing Out. Welcome in. It is episode number 125 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And of course, the main event, vent, vent, vent. A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins, who unfortunately, uh, again this week, is, uh, is joining us at least for now via phone because he's in the throes of training camp down in uh, Richmond, yep. Virginia. That's a good word. Uh, by the way, how does it feel to know that you're only the second best rapper uh, on the Redskins behind uh, Kirk Cousins, who showed off his um, uh, was the Hamilton uh, uh, verses this week? Um, well, you got to think about it like this. Uh, that was the dumbest hot take you've ever made. If you make hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> now the video I saw of Kirk yesterday was hilarious. He, Kirk, the funny thing about Kirk is Kirk is actually hilarious, but he's unintentionally hilarious. Right. Like he, like he's just funny because the things he says sometimes are so corny or so like he's just like a weird dude. But he's funny though. Like he's like when he was talking about uh, like my buddy Matt Hazel plays wide receiver and. Uh, he throws the ball to Hazel, and he says, Hazel, he's so hot right now. So I thought that he was quoting Zoolander. Right, right, Zoolander, yeah. He's talking about Hansel, and he goes, uh, Hansel, because, you know, that Wolf goes, Hansel, he's so hot right now. Yep, yeah. So I, so I go up to Kirk, and I'm like, yo, that was a sick Zoolander reference. Um, when you're talking about Hazel, he was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, well, AJ's got, I know this week's a big week for, uh, for you because, uh, the next single drops, right? Yeah. It drops actually tonight at 11, 11 PM, somewhere around there, whenever iTunes gets, uh, gets going, it, it technically is supposed to drop tomorrow, but whenever something's supposed to drop on Friday, it always drops right before midnight. So, um, Olympic gold is dropping, you know, to, uh, tonight, which is Thursday, it'll be up and running, you know, tomorrow. So it's a big time. It's a big time, you know, and it's actually my album pre-orders. Uh, drop, and I'm actually anybody that pre-orders my album and just sends me the the picture of that they pre-ordered my album. I'm going to just email them the entire album, so they'll have oh, it wow. early. Wow, yeah. very okay. cool, very cool. I'm actually I already have it, and yet I'm planning on ordering it anyway. There so, we go. <laughs> so that's the way that'll go. Oh, good stuff, man. Uh, we got a great show ahead. Uh, thrilled, we got a great guest joining the show this week. Uh, Hall of Famer. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will be on this week's show before he comes to uh, to our neck of the woods. He's going to be part of uh, PCW's next show out in West Virginia. Uh, what an honor it'll be to chat with uh, the great Ricky the Dragon Steamboat a little bit later Luckily, on. Luckily, I got to make that interview even though my audio is trapped. Yeah, we, we, we already recorded the interview. We tried to get AJ on via Skype. It just... It was very shaky, but he was able to be a part of it. Richmond we, apparently doesn't have Wi-Fi. They might want to look into that, by the way. The, the city of yeah. Richmond might want to like in that. I know it's a new fad, the whole Wi-Fi thing, and people are still trying to figure it out. But they might want to look into maybe upgrading <laughs> the old Wi-Fi down that way. But uh, no, AJ was able to be a part of it. And I uh, can't wait for you to hear it because it, it's uh, really cool. A lot of great stories, as you would imagine, from uh, listening to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, just really good stuff. 
Um, let's let's talk uh, since AJ can't do the whole show because he's got to get back to practice. Let's uh, talk about I think the big story this week. Um, I know I'm surprised. Uh, I know that a week ago this was not what I expected. I don't even think any of us. I think we all had dis- different ways we thought we'd get there, but I think we all agreed with what the result was going to be. Big match John lost a match. Um, he nearly lost his neck too, but yeah, that's a whole different thing. The moral of the story is that we have a new number one contender for the heavyweight title, and it's Shinsuke Nakamura, not John Cena. I am... Needless to say, surprised. Surprised is the only thing I can say about that. Pleasantly surprised, but surprised. Yeah, um, I, I thought I, I I figured that they would find a way to make it a triple threat, um, and still have Shinsuke win the triple threat uh, to have Baron Corbin cash in right after, or join the match a la Seth Rollins like midway through. Um, that's what I assumed was going to happen. How it was going to play out. But the flat out just I beat John Cena—that's a hell of a way to put a guy over. Too. Right? I, I mean, it's it's stunning. I, I love it. I love the fact that a the fact that they went with the clean finish. I thought was great, especially when I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, the WWE WWE.com and the WWF put up a recap of the match right after. That wasn't the re- the recap they put up. They put up a recap talking about how Baron Corbin came out, tried to cost Nakamura, hit John Cena. And that's how Nakamura ended up winning. This was like a half hour after the match. Oh, I didn't even wait. Wait. So they so during WWE. the commercial com- break? No, no. WWE.com put up presumably what the original finish was supposed to be. They had already a recap typed up before, oh. and the recap described how during the match Corbin came out and tried to cost Nakamura the match. He hit Cena instead. And that's how Nakamura was. So you think they scrapped it because of the in- it was? I I don't know why they scrapped it. There's there's two possibilities. One is simply time constraints. The other is I was gonna say it was pretty close to the, the other is that that's not how if Nakamura was going to win and that's how they were going to do it. They should have made it clean. Like that's the way to do it. I so agree. It, it might have been that before the show, I guess after this was already typed up or whatever. Someone, whether it was Cena, whether it was the writer, someone said, you know what, we should do this clean instead. Who knows why, but um, I mean, it's, that a is really better, interesting. it's a much better finish than, I guess, what was oh, originally. No so, what they do with, so what did they do with the article? Did they take it down? Did they oh, yeah, they, they took it down pretty quickly, but uh, it, it was up, it was screenshotted, it was, you know, passed around. Be- wow. People were seeing it that night. So, uh, yeah, that, that was interesting. And obviously, yeah, just... obviously, after the show, they did do the Corbin tease. They had Corbin come out, beat up Nakamura, and Cena oh, right, yeah. attacked. So, I, I guess we're getting Cena Corbin. See... Okay. I, 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 which, you know, that's what it would have probably been anyways, but they just decided to do it, okay, we're going to do this after instead of doing it during the match, which I think is a much, much better decision. Oh, I agree with that. It's you, also... don't, you, don't, you don't think free agent John Cena still in play? Right. Could he still have something to do on the, on the Raw side of things? I, I think it's very quick to turn, around, to turn that around if you're going to do that. Well, who doesn't have um, – does The Miz have a – yeah, Jason Jordan. Oh, right, Jason Jordan. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every, everyone more or less is accounted yeah, for on Raw. That's a good point. I mean, I, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it would be a good way to have Baron Corbin lose at, at SummerSlam and then cash in anyway. And, that, and that's what I think is happening Right. Here. Like, that would be a, a, a good way to go about doing it. It would also be a good way to give Shinsuke Nakamura a belt and then still have him chase. 
Yeah. Which which is a good thing. Um it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. It is intriguing that they changed their mind about that because I'm with you. It's definitely way better to just get him a clean win. Now, it's a bummer because it's a bit overshadowed. Now, it won't be long-term, but in this week, it's been a bit overshadowed by the fact that he nearly murdered John Cena, like which would have been really, really bad for Shinsuke Nakamura. Not uh, not the most ideal thing to no. do now. Um, but it, it was a huge moment. It was, I think it was... The cool. This is what I love. I tell you guys this all the time. I love when something we don't expect happens to happen. I love that. And you know what? I love the idea that they might change their mind. You know, if they think something's too predictable or something along those lines. I, I, I like that a lot. And so, you know, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. It's great. I just, I just didn't see. I couldn't see. Like they did so much work building to Mr. America versus I. Yes, America. I know. Yes, and I that, know. that's why this almost. I don't want to say it takes away takes away from it because I'm still obviously very excited by Shinsuke Nakamura getting a title shot, but you you have a situation where Jinder's been built as the anti-American heel. He's had no interaction with Nakamura at all. You know, there's been no interaction at all. There's at least been that little bit between Cena and Jinder before, and you get two weeks to build this, and you have to completely not completely change Jinder's character, but you sure as hell can't say, "Oh, I, I'm better than Americans," and have a yeah. Gen- but I don't know that you're changing it all that much. I still think that you're trying to play off the fact that, like, you know, everybody's captivated by Shinsuke Nakamura, and you're changing Jinder, but but slightly. I'm telling you, I think that they're still going to go with the rounds of. You play to American crowds, and they love you, and they think that you're so... I still think that it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. And and there's actually... There's a good thing you can do where Nakamura can say, you know, or or whoever can point out the fact that, look, you know, you're not getting booed because you're not an American because I'm an American... Or I'm not an American. So clearly you're just being booed because you're an asshole. And you can do that. It's just... It's odd, and it's quick at this point. And, And like I said, said last week... When it comes to Nakamura, I, I would have preferred a longer build, but overall, I'm very excited by this. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, but the longer the problem with the longer build is that he doesn't I speak the, the language. Point this, the point with that, and the point of this is that I think he wins at SummerSlam, and Baron Corbin cashes in. Yeah, or Baron Corbin cashes in during the match, and, and he wins, and like in the process, robs Nakamura. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, I definitely think that this is leading so Nakamura-Corbin so for the title, definitely. And then you get an actual Nakamura chasing Corbin feud, which is, I think, the the end result. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% there, which is why I'm not I'm not saying, oh my god, this is the worst thing well, but, in the world And here. I do think that it, it genuinely does matter that he can't speak the language. The tough thing about a long build with Shinsuke Nakamura is it's not like you can't... And it's not fair to say he doesn't speak the language. He doesn't speak the language well. And I do think that long builds can be tricky because... There's a limit to what you can do there. There's a limit to how much. How but many but you can have him. Ch- many... You can have him rise up, go through people. You can have you know interactions, whether it's in tag match, whether it's backstage. You know, you had the thing with him and AJ a uh, couple weeks ago, where he pointed at the title, said, "I'm coming for." Kind of put this in the mind and really build it a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. And, yeah. and as AJ said, this is probably leading to a. I, I would be very surprised if oh, it I doesn't end up right. being a Corbin Cashin, and you go from there. Um, so it's just, you know, personally, I would, for the first title, if, assuming, you know, if he wins here or whatever, I would have preferred a little bit more of a build, but that's just, you know, a preference here. This isn't yeah. a bad thing at all. Yeah, what I think, what I think is, uh, I think how it's going to play out is Corbin's going to run down from the back as 
Nakamura hits the Kinshasa on a gender. Corbin's going to slide in the ring, hit Shinsuke with the money in the bank, cash in right there, and just lay on top of Jinder for the one, two, three. So you don't think they're going to give the belt to Shinsuke? No, because they've done they've done that bit twice already yeah. where the guy wins it at SummerSlam and then is immediately cashed in on. Yep. Well, okay, but they've done a lot of tropes over the years. They've been willing to do again. It's not. Yeah, as... I but just, no, I, I actually, I, I agree with AJ. I'd prefer that because I'd rather see uh, the first title reign for Shinsuke not be a five-minute yeah. title reign. I mean, I yeah, hear that. you. I, I get that. I also, I don't know. I think there's some value in that. I think there's something to be said for it. Like you're even angrier because you got the belt and had it taken away from you that quickly. Like I do think there's something to be said for it. And I think it's more heelish to do that way than it is to cash in in the middle of the match. I think the truth is that cashing in the middle of the match. Well, but is... if you, if you stop the match, if you draw the DQ, I, I, it's not it's not like the Seth Rollins thing where he. Oh. I, I think what what at least what AJ sounds like he's describing is he attacks Shinsuke, he draws the DQ, so that ends the match there, and then he immediately starts up again. Well, okay. I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, I, I, look. I'm not going to complain about anything because I'm getting Shinsuke Nakamura in the, the, the championship match at SummerSlam. So whatever Correct. they do, I'm I'm happy with that. That's I don't think we saw that coming, and so that's wonderful. God bless. And for a place for Shinsuke to get the title match, Brooklyn, no-brainer there. Oh, my God. And, and, and that does a... matter. That absolutely matters that he's going to get the reaction of all reactions right, it's gonna Brooklyn. be it's going to be a madhouse. No and question. probably Lee England will be there and all that good stuff. We love that guy. I'm all in for that. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a win wins all around. I think everybody's on board with that. Um, now, as far as everything else that happened on SmackDown, uh, AJ and I both assumed that we thought we knew what was going on at SummerSlam, and as it turns out, it's not going to be the case, as Kevin Owens will, instead of facing Shane McMahon, face AJ Styles again with Shane McMahon as the special guest referee, which, to me, has to mean one of a couple things. Either one, it's got to mean maybe there's something health-wise related to Shane and the, the, the helicopter crash or something like that. They're so hell-bent on having it happen at, Wrestle, or at WrestleMania, they want to drag it out for a little while. To me, there is no point of working this just for it to lead to, well, Shane's going to be the special guest referee. I don't... Oh, I, th- I think they're, they're facing each other later, but I just don't think it's necessarily... I don't think they... Thought it needed to be a survivor. It could be a survivor. Series. I don't think they're dragging it out to Mania. That's way too long. I mean, that's the way I feel. I, I, I think that would be way. I think it would be Survivor Series of anything. Uh, the one interesting thing from second, I think that was the, supposed to be the finish for Battleground before they decided to make that call. Like that, that was the exact. That's why it seemed so weird. That's why they had the ref bump that seemed to not really matter at Battleground. Like this was the finish that we saw that we were supposed to see at Battleground, which uh, which I found interesting. Um, I don't know exactly, because you can't really have Shane screw Owens out of it, so I'm not totally sure. But you can have a situation where he doesn't really screw it out, but Owens gets angry anyways because he's the heel. You can, yes. Of course you can. It's still... I just don't think we're getting... This is very tricky. It's very tricky doing the face authority figure... It's it's a very tricky line, uh, unless you just sort of make Kevin Owens petulant, which I'm fine with, because Kevin Owens is petulant. Like, that's part of his character. So, could you do a thing where you... Shane doesn't really screw him in any way, but Kevin Owens is still just pissed off about, you know, you... You pulled me off of choking out. him from right. five, for odd five or whatever. Right, you know, something, something along like those that. lines. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could. You could do that. Um, I don't know. I... I 
I, I think that this should have just been Shane versus, you know, Kevin Owens here, and then just sort of moving on from there. That's that. That's my. This, this was the time to do it. Go ahead and do it. It's it's SummerSlam. It's I get it. I I don't know. I just don't know that I love this lingering and continuing and and how much more are you really getting from it moving forward. I I, I don't know how I feel about that. Okay, well then we'll just move on. If nobody else has any, if nobody else has, has any thoughts on it, um, as far as the rest, how great are the Usos? Well, I mean, yes, they're wonderful. That's not news. Like they've been wonderful. Um, yeah, I know. I've been saying they've been wonderful for five years, and then about two years ago, everybody started agreeing with me, and then about a year and a half ago, everybody started pretending they weren't still wonderful. Uh, and then about four months ago, everybody was like, "Oh yeah, they're good again." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's weird how that works. Well, out. I think yeah. the SmackDown tag division was, it was just rough. It was rough. There, there was not, it's not even the, the people that were part of it. It just didn't feel like it was clicking. You know what I mean? Like, right. It never felt like the tag division was finding any positive momentum. So sort of no matter what they were doing, it just sort of felt like it didn't matter. And obviously the New Day changes a lot. When you're doing anything with the New Day, it's going to feel far more significant, which has exactly been the case for them. But, yeah, in no world would I ever think that, I mean, if you think that the Usos weren't great, you just haven't been paying attention. They've been as quality. Oh, well, a lot of people thought they weren't great. Well, a lot of people thought Roman that, Reigns' cousins. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought they didn't have a lot of personality, which for a while was fair because they didn't really show, you know, they came out, they, they you know, Play to the crowd a little bit. They didn't show a ton of personality. And this I, that's is crazy, though. Like their entrance is one of the best entrances in in all of professional wrestling. But the okay, but after the entrance, like they didn't have a ton. And I, I'd say that if you're going to make the complaint, that's the complaint, and that's you know you could say. That, I, I don't think yeah, there's anything also, that validates that's also, that. that. That's also called racism because uh, having to do a fucking entire haka dance, which is something no one else has ever done, no one else has did before, no one else has done since. And was and awesome. Like, every yeah, time they did amazing, it. was amazing every time they did it. And then say, oh, but they don't have any personality. I don't know. I, I, I mean, you, you can you can say, I, I think it would be fair to say that Gangrel had an awesome entrance and he didn't have much personality. But his entrance was him. Just like, what is Shinsuke's personality without his entrance? Like, if he does, if he does all the same stuff he does in the ring, but he has a regular I walk down to the ring entrance... I don't think he's the same guy. I don't disagree with you on that. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I think a lot of the Shinsuke appeal, he, since he's arrived, has been related to his entrance, yes. Now, that doesn't take anything away what, for the handful of people that watch Shinsuke I was going to say, he he, I mean, he was, do, he was super known as one of the most charismatic guys I, but ever had, before had that. Have we seen that since he arrived here, you, outside you did, of the you, entrance? You did see that uh, in the Cena match with the... You know the kind of the goofy stuff. The uh, that was this week. I, well, that's what I'm saying is that they. Ha- I don't think they particularly have shown him off. Like I said last week, that was the first time we had seen. Oh yeah, this is Shinsuke. This is why we're supposed to really care about this guy. I had said like they've turned a switch over the past two weeks. But with I think them. that AJ's point about that being comparable to where they've been with the Usos is relevant. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think the people complaining about the Usos had nothing to. to they had, they had nothing. There was nothing there. There was. And I don't know, you know, I understand AJ saying it might be related to being racist. I don't know about that. I don't. I just don't know enough about the people that said it to know that. I, what I know is that the Usos were great and have always been great, and there's never been any reason to think they were anything other than great. And if you like, – the Hakka is the coolest thing in the world. There is nothing more awesome 
than doing a haka, and they did it every time out. And the entire interaction, like I would hang out in groups of dudes that would try to recreate the Usos' entrance, just hanging out at a radio station. You know what I mean? Like the Usos were everything. So why anyone was ever down on them is is beside it me. I don't. Like, what is it that you want? I think I'm really having a moment of clarity with professional <laughs> wrestling fans. We're like, I know I've been an asshole, but, like, Jesus Christ. What do you want these guys to do when you're complaining and bitching? Apparently they want them to do this. I, this has been fine. I mean, this has been great. But what they were doing before was great, too. Jesus. I'm just I'm, – maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm just old. Maybe I just hit the moment where this is officially – I'm old. I – I, I can't. You're, you're doing the reverse cornet, is where right. <laughs> like, I, this is so bizarre to me, man. Like, people didn't like Battleground. Like, what the fuck were you watching? Like, God, it's driving me crazy. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a moment right now. I just uh, bear with me. Maybe I'll make my way through it. Um, the Usos are awesome. They continue to be awesome. What they're doing right now is awesome. And look, it's it's wonderfully heel too. Like, they're not really leaving any room. This is the one thing when like when a when a tag team or when a performer is popular as a heel, like you worry that people are going to get too into them. They're, they're staying so wonderfully heel in the process that even though you like what they're doing, you still can't cheer for them, which is tremendously difficult. Yes. It is really difficult in this era. When you're into what a heel's doing, you want to cheer for them. No, so, they got a lot of cheers at Battleground. I, I know, but they're doing enough to stay heel in the process. Yeah. They literally got the booze echoed down when they faked the, oh no doubt yeah. it, was, mm-hmm. it was it was amazing it was perfect i mean it was so perfect that's what a heel should be doing you know what i mean like that's that that moment was wonderful wonderful all in all in on that um i actually didn't get to see all of smackdown because we had meetings so what's going on with fandango and Brizongo? no they just did, they did a twin peaks parody which Got a lot of mainstream play. I, I didn't realize Twin Peaks was that popular. I think it's coming back. Is it, is it coming back? It, that's not, yeah, never was the thing I got into. Yeah. Um, people who saw it loved it, thought it was like a perfect parody of it. I, it kind of went over my head a little bit. But I'm not course, a Twin Peaks guy, so I can't speak to that, but I thought it was great. I mean, it was great because, it, yeah, of course, it was great. Right. Um, you know, again, we're still curious to see exactly what that's going to end up being. Yeah, we still we got no further clarity in that no. department. But that's, that's what I was asking. Oh, yeah, no, no further clarity at all. That's okay. That's okay. That, we don't. That, we don't. You know, they may not know. They're just kind of dragging. It. If we get these things for another month or so, I'm yeah, okay with as that. As long as it remains entertaining, I would. I you would want something I, I to happen at a, SummerSlam, yes. and I hope there's a decent payoff. I hope it's not. I, I heard one weird rumor that would be just an awful payoff if what? it was. Which is what? Um. So this is based on very little. So I I, I don't consider this a spoiler. It's just pure speculation here. Um. Uh, d- uh, Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss were removed oh, from the NXT. Were uh, were removed from the NXT roster online. So no, some I mean, people that are, wouldn't be super exciting. I hear it, you, it would but... it would be weird, but yeah, like that. That's I mean, kind of... those guys can, I don't, I don't those guys can go. No, they so, can definitely yeah. go. You're right about that. It just wouldn't it wouldn't feel necessarily like a payoff worthy of what they've done. And that, I get it. I'm not trying to knock Sabatelli and Moss because I actually think they're I I think they're decent performers, and I'm, I I think that I. I'd be okay with it, but I do think it would be disappointing based on all of the work that you've done for that to be who it is instead of being something else. But, you know. You know, I mean, I don't know who would necessarily be super exciting. I mean, Harper and Rowan would be fine 
just getting kind of getting them back on TV and yeah, giving them a direction would be, be fine. Right? But uh, you know, I just don't know who you know. We've been building this for. Well, I mean, it would be amazing if it was the Authors of Pain. If it was the yes, Authors of yes. Pain, it would be super exciting. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that would be the, that would be essentially the difference. Um, anything else? Rusev, Rusev Orton. Oh, right, Rusev which, Orton. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, it'll be fine. Oh, God. You guys are the worst. Well, no, it'll be fine. I just, it's, I'm, it's okay for me to say I'm not super excited about it, but I'm not, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I'm, a, I'm sure that's the case. I'm just not super excited about it. That's all. It's all right. You were allowed to not be super excited about everything. Man. Uh, when, I, when I expect a great match, I'm always excited. Okay. Literally, Rusev just put on a great match with John Cena in a flag match. So I can't imagine what he's going to do with Orton at SummerSlam. I'm sure it'll be good. I'm sure it'll be good. It's just not... I think this speaks to... We're experiencing Randy Orton burnout again. A lot of people. I'm not the only one. I get it. I think there's this feeling of Randy. Now, you're right. He'll probably still put on a great match. And you know, I I don't know. I don't know if it's that we want more for Rusev. I don't know what it is. I just don't have juice for Randy Orton and Rusev. It sort of feels like two guys that you didn't have anything for. So let's throw them in together and let's make it work. And you know, a lot of times when that happens, you end up getting the best the best part of the night. That a lot of times ends up being the case that that thing that feels like it was just thrown together ends up being the best part of the show. And so I I hope that's the case again. I hope it's 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 wonderful. I hope it's the best match of uh, SummerSlam. Um, really quickly though, that uh, the Rusev Gable match was everything we would yeah, could have wanted and, from that match. And that's why I think AJ's right. I think AJ's right that it's going to end up being a great match because these guys are great performers. So. I, I hear you. I don't know. I'm just not I'm not super excited about it, but that's that's what it is. Um anything else we have to cover from SmackDown? What happened with the women's division? Why don't even There there was a tag match. They, they I don't even remember it. My it, word. It, it, it sets up for Naomi Carmella next week and I guess Charlotte Lana is what I saw. Uh is happening next week, so Okay. I mean <laughs> Okay. I got nothing to say about that. That's that's fine. Um. Yeah, that's yep. about it. That I was that's it. about it. It was a. Who do you What do you guys think about? Uh, who do you guys think is going to win between Naomi and Natalya? Well, I mean, we got a few weeks before we got to make that call, don't <laughs> we? I know, but I'm just saying the way the way everything's been built to this point. Like, what do you? What do you, you know, the, the the funny thing is, I was somewhat confident in a cash in before. It seems like I, I don't think they're doing two cash ins in one night. So it's like, which right. which one are they going to do? And I'd say Corbin seems a little bit more pressing to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Carmella holds the belt for a very, I mean, the, the money they make for a long, long time. I don't. I don't think she cashes. In I mean, the only thing is, you are you bringing back James Ellsworth at SummerSlam because. Yeah. If, hypothetically, his suspension's over as of now. Right, but yeah. I think they can leave him off oh, for yeah, a little while yeah. and sort of. And, it's only two more weeks. So. And then in that point, in that if that's the case, it would make sense to do a cash in there. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't have the answer. Uh, by the way, the other thing that I thought of, we do know that um, uh, Chris Jericho it was a one time deal. His yeah. appearance on SmackDown last week that we thought that might be the case, but that's been confirmed. Uh, Fozzie's going back on tour. This was just a one off. They made it work, and it was wonderful. It was fun. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all, all on board. All right, very good. Uh, dude, you, I know you got to get to uh, that meetings. Pisses me off. That pisses me off more than anything because I was in Richmond that night. Oh, and you and did? I could have ah. went to the show. Ah. 
but I had I had no idea the show was in Richmond, and I could have hit up Jinder or fucking Dean for tickets right, and, right, and had great seats. And I'm literally I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm sitting in my room now, mind you. At like five o'clock, I have nothing to do, so I go get a pedicure. Like I'm getting ready for the next day. Camp starts the next day. I don't have a curfew. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just chilling, um, and I'm just back in my room at like six, not doing nothing, just you know, chilling, lounging around, minding my own business. I, like at 7.45, I come back in the hotel room and I turn on USA. Usually I don't even turn on USA early. That's way too late. So I'll turn on USA. I was like hoping I'm going to see Modern Family. ends up being in CIS. I'm kind of pissed off. But I'm like, whatever. Now I'll watch the end of NCIS. And they do the little cut-in at 7.50. And it says, live from Richmond, Virginia. And I'm like, what the fuck? Don't you feel and like an course, idiot? And then of course, Chris Jericho makes a random return and it's his one-off and he's not going to be back and I could have been there. <sighs> what uh, a dope you are. What a dope you God. are. I bet you feel stupid. At least you weren't at the, where was it that you were the night that you missed the NXT tapings? Oh, at Disney, oh, right? Oh my God, like, fucking pain night. <laughs> oh man. All right, uh, get your plugs in because I know you got to run. Yeah, um, like I said, uh, Olympic gold drops uh, today or well, tonight. Uh, but when you listen to this, it might be tonight. It might be probably August, last night. August, yeah, yeah right. you know, probably last night. But August fourth, uh, it's it's dropping. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Title, Google Play. Anywhere you listen to music, you can find it. Um, you can pre-order my album on iTunes starting August fourth as well. Um, it's sixteen tracks. Oh, 16 songs, nineteen tracks. There's three skits. Uh, it's it's over an hour and a half of great music. Um, I really put a lot of hard work and time into it. So um, if you pre-order the album, I mean, you get, you're going to get the four songs that have already been released. Um, one of which is a completely new mix and master. European is completely new mix and master. The, if you've heard the first version, you've heard this when you download, when you pre-order the album and you download uh, those songs that are out, um, you'll hear a completely different version of it. It's sick. Um, uh, you know, you got the whole album coming out, so you can check it out with you on the way. Just getting ready for practice, and um, hope you guys, you know, go on there, check me out on iTunes, and, and it'll be a good time. You can follow me on Instagram at Francis underscore sports, or on Twitter at AJFrancis410. Very good. Hey, buddy, uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, brother. I'll at you. There he is, the uh, AJ Francis, our main event. We come back in, we will talk about what happened on Raw this week. As we roll on, this is Jobbing Out. Charm City's newest football team, the Baltimore Brigade, are taking arena football to the next level at Royal Farms Arena. This is the first ever season, and you're going to want to be there for it all. Catch a great game with your family sitting close to the field, or get your night started with friends in the bunker party zone. Baltimore Brigade football is high-speed, action-packed, non-stop excitement everyone can enjoy. Get your tickets now at BaltimoreBrigade.com or by calling 667-930-0200. Baltimore Brigade football presented by MedStar Health, brick by brick. Back in here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. Uh, AJ will rejoin us when we chat with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in segment number three. Remember, we have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on this week's show. That's a good name. Does not suck. Does not suck. And it was a really great chat. So. Best mythological character ever to be a wrestler? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably the case. I mean, I don't know who it is. Right. I had to really think about it. The, the Yeti. Okay. The Yeti. Sure. Yeah. Um... 
We got lots of natural disasters. Right, I don't know about right. mythological. I guess we did have uh, Hornswoggle was a leprechaun. Okay, but that's. He was called the leprechaun for yeah, a little fair, bit. All right, fair yes. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll get you. Know, we, we got a couple in there. All right. But. Uh, the moral of the story is that we've got Ricky the Dragon at Steamboat on the show, and that kicks ass. I had somebody. I, I Look, I apologize. I know this week's show went up a day late. It's technically Aaron's fault, but as it turns out, it would have been Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's fault anyway. Blame me because you don't want to blame the dragon. Well, no, but I'm. I'm using the. I've had a few people reach out. I do. I appreciate the fact when you guys have gotten used to us posting the shows on Thursdays, so or on Wednesday nights, and so when it's not there on Thursday, I've I've heard from some folks the last few weeks, and I I get it. I totally appreciate it. But one in particular is our buddy uh, Chad Lamasa who reached out to me today, and I know he's a massive uh, Steamboat fan. So I was like, well, the good news is the reason why we couldn't get it up on uh, Thursday is that. We got your boy on the show, and so um, that was fun. A couple of other people were very excited about it as well. So, good stuff. That's next. Now, right now, let's get into Raw. Um, we'll start with Brock Lesnar showing up, which I I almost can't believe they had a Brock I had a Brock Lesnar appearance unadvertised. Well, they've done this a few times lately. This is not the first time, even in the past couple months, that they've done. They've started to use him not regularly. But more as a regular, they didn't. You know, it used to be that he would not show up unless it was advertised I, ahead of time. Okay, I hear you, but isn't that dumb TV ratings wise? It is, it is. But this is, I mean, I, I feel like this is the third or fourth time in the past few months that's happened. Maybe not a few I, months, I, at least this year. If you say so, I'll hear you. I don't remember that, but I'm not going to fight about it either. I, I just don't know well enough to know. I just. They've clearly been going out of their way to advertise things on SmackDown the last few weeks, like right. a week in advance. Uh, in some cases, I would think that Brock Lesnar being on the show would want to be something that you'd want to advertise I don't for disagree. TV purposes. I don't it's disagree. Very, at all. very strange to me. Very strange. Um, that being said, he shows up. I'm still in on the whole thing. The it's goofy the way that they went about doing this. If if Brock Lesnar loses, we'll leave the company. Thing like, I feel like that should have had a little bit more heat in reason. Like that should have been more of a build. But like, you get it. I get it. But this, I, this isn't a build to the match. This is all WWE without coming out and saying, oh, is Brock Lesnar leaving us to face but, John Jones? I but mean, you, that's, that's dumb. That, that all of this is to not, for that to be out there, for it to exist, for you to not address it but instead and choose to address it by not addressing it well, is dumb, which I makes mean, me think that's not the case. Well, hold on. It actually just makes me think Brock Lesnar is going to be gone for a little while. And well, so, I, I, definitely think, I definitely think Brock Lesnar is gone. Right. I, I think that this is going to feed, you know, like he'll quit, but then he'll show up again three well, months yes, later correct. because, of course, he does. But I, I think that, you know. I think it has way more to do with that than it has to do with John Jones. But I, I think they are feed, they're definitely feeding it. I mean, hell, I, he I, dropped... Oh, this is the ultimate question. I with, understand that. Like, come on. I think that it, I, I, that makes again based on everything they've done in the past. It makes no sense for them when something like that is out there for them to not try to get rub off of it. For them to not do but, a package saying, and everybody's talking about UFC superstar Brock Lesnar, and show the sixty media outlets that are talking about Brock Lesnar and John Jones. They didn't do that, which to me, my gut tells me, is because. This is a butt-awkward situation because this was not planned by the UFC and WWE. This was not something that they had strategized together. Let's figure out a way to make this work. This was something that happened simply because John Jones started getting asked questions about it last week while he was doing media for the UFC fight. 
And then all of a sudden, he and his team said, well, fuck, what are we doing? Let's try to make some money here. Let's let's really pimp it. So when John Jones won his fight, he, he calls out Brock Lesnar, the whole deal. And it feels like, dude, Dana White clearly, in his press conferences, has no idea. Oh, I see. I, no. I, I disagree with you. I, no. I don't think he has he no idea. He does not play that coy. He, he doesn't do oh, that. Oh, he absolutely No, he, he does not. Oh. Dude, I have been to Dana White press conferences. If anything, he's honest to a fault. Like, he will tell you exactly what's going on. This is, there's no way this was strategized ahead of time. There's no I don't know way. if it was strategized ahead of, like, well ahead of time. It would not shock me if, I mean, for one, I, I bet you that uh, John had to- told Dana ahead of time he was calling out Brock. Maybe, but I genuinely believe the relationship between John Jones and Dana White is a problem right now. I, that, I don't think, is fabricated at all. John was super pissed about how the UFC treated him oh, when, yeah. when he was going through everything. And right. he said they don't talk. He said they don't, they don't have conversations with each other. I think that you're way off on this. I, now, I, the I, argument that they would, if it's going to happen, they want to make a big announcement and they don't want to – there's something to that. But I don't think they have any plan oh, I don't think they have for any, how to get there. Oh, I don't think they have an immediate plan. I don't, I don't think this is hap- – like for people who think that, oh, this is going to be, you know, John Jones' next match. This is well, going to be – It's definitely not going to be that. Yeah, like there, there are people who think, oh, well, maybe in the, in the little break he's going to go have that. No, no, no. I think that this is a – plan for after mania because but i don't think there is a plan i don't I think, think there's a direct I, I think there together, is an idea this I, this whole thing happened so haphazardly that there's if if there's a if they really believe that they're going to make it happen the notion that dana white wouldn't start selling that fight now is is incorrect they sell fights they sell the hell out of their fights and the WWE, absolutely, whenever there is any mainstream oh, attention... I don't think this has anything to do with WWE. I think that, like I said, I think this happens after Lesnar's contract runs out. I don't think WWE is going to be getting I, necessarily rub off of this. I, well, I think they're going to try. The, oh, well, they'll, they'll try eventually, but I'm But saying, I like, think this speaks... To, I like think this, this, this isn't like the last Lesnar fight where he had to work something out with WWE. WWE got something out of I it. I still wouldn't be stunned if it doesn't end up being that way. I think that Brock Lesnar would be incredibly stupid to simply walk away from the WWE and the guaranteed money that he has there just for one fight. I think that would be incredibly stupid of him. I think that he is in a way better bargaining position to get a better deal out of the WWE by saying, look, I'm going to do this one way or the other. You can either be on board with it and work with me here, or you can be against it, and then you get nothing out of this. I think that it's insane to think that Brock Lesnar is just going to take himself out of negotiating. He wants to get as much negotiating power as he can, and having negotiating power over two companies is a great place to be, which is essentially what he would have if he tries to do both. But it smells to me like it's still awkward right now for everybody. There's no way with that much out there that if the WWE was on board with it or they were good with it or something along those lines, they wouldn't be... They wouldn't be using doing packages. Well, don't forget they didn't. It. Well, don't forget they didn't when they announced the Lesnar fight before. They didn't even mention it on Raw or SmackDown or whatever it was. After you know, we, we had a whole segment about how ridiculous it was that WWE wasn't mentioning the big thing that they were talking about, which was Brock Lesnar fighting in UFC. Like, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I like do this, vaguely remember that. This isn't that. an necessarily unusual thing. But they they don't. No, they ended up getting a lot of rub out of that. They, they ended up getting a ton of rub. They do, out of that. and and they got a lot of rub just by him mentioning right, the word that, ultimate. They got a lot of rub. They like, didn't get a lot of rub. They got uh, out, outlets were playing up the fact that hey, Brock Lesnar in his own way referenced the fact that John Jones called him out. Like that, those were the headlines. Was that I don't I don't think that 
this this implication has anything to do with that. I think this this is simply their way of figuring out a way to write, write Brock Lesnar off TV for a little while. Well, I mean, they didn't. They don't have to. That, that's the thing. They don't have to write him off. He's no, going to disappear but you can, anyways. You can, get, you can get extra juice. And, and I, I, think, I think part of, but I think part of it is at the very least Heyman thinking this way. Maybe this isn't WWE, but this is Heyman thinking that we're going to play off of these rumors and be like, if they oh, were doing look. that, I think they would address them. I think they would have that be in storyline. I think if that was the case, they would just say we've got this other thing that out, that's out there and do it in storyline that way. Then they would just throw this out there for the sake of throwing it out there. Let then then let me say sort of how I say. I think Paul Heyman was trying to play on the UFC siege. Whether or not WWE was behind it, Paul Heyman very deliberately, using his wordage, was trying to say, hey, he might be leaving so he can go do this fight. Um, right, maybe. I, I, maybe. I, I still think this is something that they should have built to. I still think they should have dragged this out for a couple of weeks of, you know, you're clearly trying to screw Brock Lesnar. You're, you know, the, you know what? The hell with it. I'm still so confident that I think that should have stretched out over three weeks. I don't think that, that it all needed to come out in one moment. You're trying to screw Brock Lesnar, so I think they could have laid the laid the groundwork of you're trying to screw Brock Lesnar in week one, and then by week three, the week leading up to, or next week, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. One of those, I think they could have gotten more of a run out of that. All that being said, I'm fine with it. It's It makes the match more interesting, again, you know, because it makes you wonder how exactly are they going to handle it. It's just another wrinkle into the, the match, which, you know, we're all excited for, but did need some a little bit, I think, a little bit of storyline juice into it. Yeah, I guess. I don't even know if... Like, I don't think it needed it, but it does add a little bit of storyline juice. Uh, yeah, it does. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. It does. It adds something. I don't think it needed it. I think it was I think it was fine because of the way the four had been walking with each other for a little while. That It, it didn't need anything else. It was good as it was. Um, yeah, so I know how you feel about it. It was, yes, weird... That the main event on Raw was nothing other than a non-finish Big Show Big Cast match, nothing more than that at all. That the last shot is just them walking Big up the Show ramp. and Enzo walking up the ramp together. It's that's weird. It's weird. Um, I think it speaks to a few things. I've heard a lot of people talk. Somebody, uh, your boy Scott Sudikoff was like going on about how this is the the WWE punting, punting on the third that's hour. That's not. That's not remotely true. It's not. That's I, I don't. Nonsense. I don't think it's completely punting. It would not it's, surprise. Well, because we've we've talked about them kind of starting to program around. We know what people are going to be watching at these hours. We want to put the most important things. And we and they know been, the, that hasn't been the case at eleven o'clock. There hasn't been anything going it, on at eleven. And o'clock so far, it hasn't. But you know, there there was a point where they didn't counter program around Monday Night Football either. It might be a way that they finally realized. But that would make sense if there was something happening at eleven o'clock. There's nothing happening at eleven o'clock that you have to counter program around. But but I'm saying but and it doesn't just give back it doesn't the run matter. over. It, what what what's been shown now is it doesn't matter what they put in the main event. That nine o'clock hour is getting more viewers than ten o'clock hour. They could put whatever they want there, and it's I think one time over the past year has the ten o'clock hour gotten better ratings than the nine o'clock hour. So it might be them not punting the third hour, but re, but thinking. Well, if that's going to be the case, we're going to put the well. I'm not the doubting they're going to put a lot of important hour. things in the nine o'clock hour. They also, by the way, put the most important thing on the show in the eight o'clock hour right. this week. So they still didn't subscribe to that theory. If that's your theory, what they did didn't well, back that up. But you're, you're, if you're going to have a Matt, you're not going to have Brock Lesnar coming out talking, just talking, and have that be the main event. You're probably well. They've done that plenty of times. Well, just not with Brock Lesnar necessarily because he doesn't stay until eleven I was, o'clock. Well, at night. A, they've done plenty of main event a, segments a, that were nothing more than talking. Then, but but one person talking, not anyone coming out confronting them. I, well, if it's Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, that's a little bit different. 
It is, but I still don't think that again because it would it would just be weird guy coming out talking unless it's someone saying. I mean, I guess Lesnar kind of dropping the mic and saying, "I'm leaving yeah, if I I'm, lose the yeah, title." Absolutely, but as you said, he's not staying till eleven o'clock. So that's right. Not... It wasn't going to happen that way. My, right. I my this is my gut. My gut is they saw how the Enzo Cast match performed as a main event, and they said this works. Which also is a, a again total jarring thought to the idea that there's a problem with Enzo right now. Um, but they they looked at it and said. This worked. We're willing to do it. That that people are into Enzo and Cass. There's no way that they thought the right answer is, well, we'll trot Renzo and Cass out there, and if people want to start heading to the exits early, they can go ahead and do that. Or if people want to start flipping over to something else early, they can go ahead and do that. There's no way that that was the thought process. The only thing that would justify it, they've given plenty of rope. They have given more rope to Enzo than you could, than even people like me who knew that people like you that thought there was a problem for Enzo were idiots. Even people like me, I have still been think surprised. the fact that he hasn't gotten an offensive move since he's they broke fine. up. They, they, they don't. He doesn't need to get an offensive move. Well, if he's ever going to be a wrestler, he needs to get an offensive move. Incorrect. Off. Incorrect. He doesn't have to. They can always do other things with Enzo. They can How's he going to become cruiserweight champion if he's not going to get a move off? Because the cruiserweights don't do anything that's not that doesn't happen on the cruiserweight show anyway. It, it's irrelevant. The cruiserweights only work on 205 Live anymore. I mean, I get it. They have matches. I, I'm thinking Enzo hasn't gotten an offense. Enzo, jumping on a guy's back, getting from behind, gets thrown around. He's fine. He's fine. He's been given so much rope, it's to talk. scary. He's, he's been given a yes. lot of but, but Correct. A, a lot of rope to talk in order and largely in order to get cast over as a heel. Uh, right, because they know that Cass, Cass is shit. Oh, I, and I, I'm not... And Enzo's great. They understand that, yes. and so they're not working with that. Because they know Enzo's great. Enzo's and they great want Enzo involved as much as they possibly can. With other people, yes. What do you mean with other people? Uh, Enzo what, has not everybody done, works with other people. Enzo has not done anything to get him get himself over. What are you talking about? I'm saying every, everything... All of his all, promos, all of his promos are about him. No, they're all about Cass. No, no they're not. They Cass's. go on about... No, no, no. You're so wrong about this. You haven't listened to his promos. I have listened his to his promos. His promos are about him being the underdog and all the shit that he goes and through. And he's, he's the underdog and then he gets killed. Why Correct. do I care about Cass in the ring right now? Why do I care about Cass in the ring? I mean, not Cass. Enzo in the ring. Why would you... First of all... You care about Enzo in the ring because you care about Enzo. Okay. That would be the reason why you would care about Enzo in the ring. But I know he's just going to get stomped on. Because he's been working in the same program with the same guy. Because he's, a, first of all, this isn't a new thing. Enzo pretty much has always all Correct. gotten stomped on. And that's, that's been my big problem with this is I don't think they view him as a wrestler. Uh, again, they probably don't view him as a guy that can go toe-to-toe with seven-foot dudes. I don't think he can no. go... They haven't sh- pro- shown him as a guy who can go toe-to-toe with They're anybody. not giving a guy five minutes to cut a promo to just suddenly say, we, we don't like him anymore, he's off TV. I mean, it's the, the, the latest rumors have him going down to NXT, so... Send him to NXT, send him wherever you want to send him. Okay. I, I don't believe that either. You're not giving a guy this much time, this much of your programming, if you think nothing of him. Unless you think that that's the way to get cast over. I truly think that a big reason is they want to get Cass over as a heel, and they think the best way to do it is to give Enzo by a lot of spitting in their own faces by saying we're going to give one person the overwhelming majority of the time here to get somebody else over because we think the other guy sucks. That's so stupid. That's so dumb. It's not it's so strikingly dumb. I mean, it sounds a lot like Vince to me. 
It I mean, sounds a it's lot strikingly like it. dumb. Okay, I, do I am I disagreeing with you there? I, I don't know. I, I the whole thing it reeks of you guys have made an opinion and you'll do anything to try to reach for opinion. When, There's nothing when that's Enzo actually is, happening. When Enzo is treated up. like a regular wrestler, I will re, you know you, change my opinion. So far, I've Jinder not, Mahal doesn't get to do anything without somebody else uh, doing it for him, and he's the champion. Okay, and when they put him in a match and have him win matches and have him go toe to toe and have him do stuff. First of all, if Enzo was a heel and. A heel can absolutely get away with having everybody else get in offensive moves for him. And if Enzo was a heel, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's what you do. You're having to be the chicken shit heel who just talks and has people fight for him? Okay, that makes a lot of sense. But if you're trying to treat him as a regular wrestler face, I don't know. You're reaching. You're I'm reaching because you're trying to back up your original thought. No, I'm not. You're reaching. He hasn't got an offensive move. That doesn't matter. You could have had It's so him. irrelevant. If, if this was about Enzo at all... He could have gotten a roll-up in. He could have gotten something in. He could have gotten something other than getting stomped it, over and over he's again. He's facing a guy that's seven feet oh, tall. Oh, yeah, because we haven't seen guys get caught up in roll-ups from a, a smaller guy against a big. When was the last guy? time you saw a guy Enzo side beat a guy that was seven feet tall? Uh, I mean, first of all, they haven't put him in matches very often. But oh, wait, we, we had we had uh, Kalisto beat Braun in a dumpster match. Right, they had one goofy, yes. Okay, one goofy well, you one. could have had that if this is about Enzo. Except, they, again, it's about both of them. They know that Enzo is the shit. They understand that. And as I keep saying, this notion, this world that everybody's living in, where they're just going to turn their backs on it and say, we don't want all of the insane merchandise money that you're going to give us is insane. Or or could they be thinking, we haven't done anything with these guys over a year, and they're selling crazy merchandise anyways. We can do whatever we want with Enzo, and he's still going to sell merchandise. Maybe. Maybe they think that, but all they're doing is giving him insane amounts of time in the process. Okay, that's... And you know what? If if the argument is it, uh, you know, he's going to be around, he's going to sell merchandise, and that's fine. But I just don't think he's ever going to be a regular wrestler. I don't think he's going to. I be don't a- think what you. I don't know what you mean by a regular wrestler. You, you have you have AJ saying he's going to be cruiserweight champ. He's going to be. Well, a I think top he absolutely attraction. could be a cruiserweight champ. I, I don't. Yes. I, I don't see it. I because see it. what? Because they've never shown any interest in pushing him as a credible wrestler. Okay. Again, th- this they haven't. He hasn't. The two hundred five live thing is completely different than anything else that they do. They've made that very abundantly clear. That anything else that you do in the world has nothing to do with 205 Live. The two things operate in completely different sets if of circumstances. There was, if there was interest in pushing him as a wrestler, I think that, you know, in the encounters he's had with Cass, he would have shown, looked, you know, he might have caught him in a roll-up, like I said. He would have done something. He would have, at some point in the match, looked something other than, I'm just going to be a ragdoll here. I think that you are reaching because you're trying to justify your opinion. I don't, I don't opinion. think it's a reach. I don't you're think it's, reaching. If you told anybody else a guy who can't get off an offensive move is going to be a top-level competitor top at 205. Level. Who said, at 205 That's live. nothing. Anybody can be a top-level competitor at 205. They don't, do, they don't do shit with those guys. If he, it's insane to think I don't that think anything going on right now would, ju- would have anything to do with what they're planning to do on 205 Live. I, I, think that, I don't think that they trust. I don't, maybe not trust. Trust is not the right word. I don't they see couldn't the trust the guy anymore, by the way. They're giving the him ring. so in much television the ring. time. In the ring. I don't see them putting him in a lot of matches. Because you don't see it. Because they haven't. They no, haven't. They put him in plenty. They put him in plenty. And even then, he wasn't getting off. His, he was the guy who gets ragdolled. Because he's facing a seven-footer. I'm talking about as a tag team. They didn't have him... Put, he got in moves all the time, Aaron. He got in smaller moves. It was all... The story of Enzo and He's Cass not was a powerhouse. Always, was Not just he wasn't a powerhouse. He was the guy... He was always the face in peril and... And Cass was the guy who cleaned up his mess. Correct, because he's the story. little guy and Cass is the yes, big guy. Exactly. Correct. And I'm saying if they thought of him as a guy who could be a credible wrestler, a credible, 
Even on the cruiserweight division. Even the, taking they the- don't give a fuck about the cruiserweights. That's abundantly clear. They have no concern what your thoughts are about the cruiserweights in comparison to anything else. Zero. None. The cruiserweight world exists on its own and has nothing to do with anything else that's happening. You could be a zip on the show and suddenly be cruiserweight champion. And, uh, and you know what? I understand that if there was any, you know, the other guys, uh, I guess the other guys, Neville, you know, was a wrestler, was a guy who wrestled, was a guy who got an and offensive go, And went moves. nowhere. He went nowhere, but at least he was treated as a wrestler. Care. I Exactly. They didn't care. I'm, and I'm saying a guy who was treated as a wrestler, I can see making the jump over to 205 Live better a guy who they don't view as a wrestler making the jump over to 205 Live. You keep Live. saying that because it's your – you That's, you that's how that I way. view it. Yes, that's how I view it is that right. they do not – I don't know if the word is trust. They do not view – and they have not shown any real interest in viewing and putting Enzo Except as Except for all the times they did. When? Within when? matches. When did they have him – you keep you're looking for something specific. I'm, what you're doing is trying to create a target that can't be found. I'm not trying to create I'm looking at it pretty rationally here where that Enzo I'm sure doesn't get very many offensive moves in since being called up to the main roster. I, I again, I don't know how many offensive moves or what you think qualifies as an offensive move. When he's locked up with someone, when he's working with someone, he's getting in offensive moves. Yes. Now, is he he's getting usually in powerhouse moves? He's, he's, he's not usually, usually ragdolled. He, w- he that- gets ragdolled. Yes, because he's a little dude. That's the idea. When you have a little dude in the ring with somebody that's bigger than him, you tend to have them throw him around. He was getting ragdolled by the Vaude Villains. I, I don't remember that being the case. I don't remember that being the case. I'm sure that at some point he did because it's part of the Enzo character. Right, and that's, and that's what I'm saying is I think that the Enzo character, we're going around in circles here. I don't think that they have tr- uh, much trust in the Enzo character beyond that. A great talker, a guy who can move merch, but a guy who's going to get ragdolled. And if we're looking for this to be a we are going to all of a sudden treat him as a more normal wrestler, I don't but see it. N- he's never not going to be this character. Because this is the character that sells merch. And, but that's the thing. And that's my thing. Is he is going to not be a normal wrestler. He's not going to be a guy who makes his way I, up I don't, the cruiser you, you keep He's going to be Santino. First of all, he's already better than Santino. He's he's already, better Santino than didn't Santino. sell shit for them. But Santino got a lot of TV time. He was the... the he did everybody this. Loved. They didn't put Santino in main event segments. They yeah, didn't give right, him which five is minutes this, to cut which promos. Which is weird. This is weird because this was... But they did give him... You know, they had him doing tea parties in the middle of Raw. Correct. They had him do purposely silly segments. They and didn't I, give him five minutes to cut underdog promos. Ever. They never did that. Nonsense. You're trying to do this to justify your opinion. And you're trying to do it to justify yours. No, I got we're... fact on my you side. You don't have fact. Yes, your I do. Is, he's going to be used as a wrestler because no, no, no. they give it, him. You're, you're totally confusing this. I don't care how they use what him. What is the they evidence? They couldn't have more faith in okay, him. Okay, that's fine. As a manager, yes. I could absolutely see him as a great manager. And I've said that would be fine if that was the role. That would be a perfect role for him then if that's why the are we? Because I've said from day one, that's all I've said is they're not using him as a No, wrestler. no, it's not what you said. It's I that said they had no faith in him. Th- as a wrestler. Okay, as that a, a wrestler. different thing. You're changing your argument. I am not changing no, my argument. No, your original that's argument my... had nothing to do with him being a wrestler. I, in fact, said there's no problem if they look at him as a manager. It's one of the first things that I said about him. That's a great role for Enzo. And it's that's, a tremendous And role. I've agreed for but moment one. But they absolutely one. could still have him go to the 2 And in fact, they'd be stupid not to. I, I don't disagree. that They've done a lot of stupid things that have cut themselves off. You know, look at Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder was selling Bafo merchandise. Not like Enzo. Uh, not like was, Enzo. He was, he was the, selling good merchandise. He was selling not very, selling very Enzo good. Level he was selling very, very good merchandise. He was selling good levels. It's not like Enzo. They never put Zack Ryder in a main event of anything. 
I mean, and before last night, they never put Enzo. No, as they the main did. Event. They had Enzo and Cash in the main event just a couple of weeks ago. They just did it. Was that the? I, yes. I legitimately don't remember. Was that, yes. What, what was the? I legitimately don't remember that. They, I mean, they literally like three weeks ago. They the final segment was Enzo and Cass. The very final segment. Yes. Okay. I, I legitimately don't remember that, but okay. Which is why I'm convinced yeah. that they that did well enough. They said we can do it again. That that they saw the numbers for that and said, hey, but that the numbers worked. went down. The numbers always go down. What the, do you mean? The numbers for the third segment always always go down. Always. I mean for the runover segment. No, I mean for the third hour of of Raw. Right. They always go down. Like the the numbers have not been noticeably different over the past few weeks. I okay. Mean, they, again. Now, now maybe now maybe they're saying it, it doesn't do anything worse, so we can do it. Right. But, okay. Okay. That they uh, said that worked. Putting Enzo and Cass in the main event worked. So let's do it again. And yes, this was awkward. I'm not arguing with that. This was awkward because there was nothing to it. Right. It was just a match and no finish and. Nothing that came from that. It didn't feel like a moment. There was no stare down. There was no... It didn't appear to set anything up. It was just an awkward non-finish match that felt as though it should have happened at 8.45. I'm on board with that. But what I'm not on board with is any notion and any ounce of Enzo slander. He's in great shape. He is in absurdly good shape. Better than I could have thought. And I was in his camp. There was no world in which I thought this would go so well for him that he would be getting the main event segment in multiple uh, episodes of Raw and getting to cut five-minute promos on pay-per-views. And I was in his camp. This is better than that. They are so in on Enzo, it's scary how in they are on Enzo. Where does it go? I don't know. Sure as shit, they've not done nothing to help Cass in the process. He still sucks. There is nothing there. There's. It's just... Bad. It's really bad. Uh, you, you know, I I don't disagree with you at all about it. Is about re- cast. They have not I, figured I, out a way to make. But him at, least, at least at least they made his theme a little bit better. I guess it was slightly better. You're right about <laughs> it, that. It was, it was slightly, slightly better. better because it was it was generic as opposed to offensive. Um, as opposed to Jason Jordan's theme, which was uh, yeah, yeah, not great, not great. Jason Jordan's theme. Mm. Yeah, not 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 even good. Um, so yes, with that in mind, Jason Jordan is, uh, is pointed towards the Miz. There's still this awkward Kurt Angle is giving you opportunity thing. Like he, I just and, and, and don't he, know where that's going. Well, uh, I was talking to, uh, I believe it was Dale about this and, and he got, a, got brought up a point that I think makes everything fit. Like why they're doing it in the first place, what there's going to be. That's that Jason Jordan isn't Kurt Angle's son. And this is oh, I saw it, you guys uh, chatting uh, about Jordan that. Kielter. I think that makes all the sense. Of the, uh, the way he presented it, I didn't necessarily agree with all of it. But the idea that Jason, this is leading to a Jason J- Jordan heel turn, and he's not Kurt Angle's son, makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be good. I, it's better than the, I just don't think there's anything here. I don't, I don't think that there's anything. I, don't, I think you're getting nothing out of this. Um, now, if you wanted to say this was Jason Jordan trying to use Kurt Angle, like he duped the whole thing, and now, and I, I saw you guys talking about the possibility that the McMahons are behind yeah, it, Stephanie I, and Triple my, H. I, I, which was, is, I was actually, I was in favor of them not being behind I, well, it. I keep coming back to they don't need, need to it. do anything underhanded, and, and, to and get, that, and that's why I'm for the. They're, that's how they're going to come back because Angle's going to be distracted by this, right? And but they're not going to be behind it. I mean, this doesn't make. They don't need to be. There's no world in which Stephanie and Triple H have to do something in order to get power back, right? There's Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, right? If they're alive, they have and he's, power. He is the GM. 
She is the commissioner. Correct. So even on, if we're ignoring real life and we're just using kayfabe here. Right. There's no world in which he's more powerful than she is. Or Correct. She, now, you know, could she try to cut him out? Like, could she come back and then that could be the way that she gets him out because she doesn't want to work with Kurt Angle? Like, I guess that could be the case. But they don't have to do anything in order to get their power back. They've, they're, they're still Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. That's, that's the way the world works. Um, it would certainly, I would think that would, that would be better than where they're going with this. I just don't think Jason Jordan is getting over as a face. I just don't, I don't see it. Um, I, I, I don't think people are. Well, I mean, Miz is bringing up the point that Jason Jordan got booed, which I, I don't even remember, yeah. but I don't know why. I mean, I don't remember him getting like booed to the point where you can hear it. Yeah, but. neither do I, but the fact that he's bringing it up, I guess, makes yeah, it they, a thing. They're, they're trying I mean, to it, put it, it out it's there, a right. thing. Right. Um, I got no problem with Miz and Jason Jordan because, you know, that that's who you give. When you're trying to get over a face, you give them to the Miz. No, because yeah, the Miz can correct. get him over. He's, he's the guy, no doubt. No um, doubt. It's um, weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's um, weird. Bad news uh, this week for Bailey. Yeah. Really bad news. Yeah. Shoulder injury for Bailey. I don't know what I is it as simple as this is the goofy part for me. It is as simple as all right, you take Bailey out of the equation, Sasha Banks and Nia Jax move into the picture and it's a triple threat match at SummerSlam. It, you know, if if it's that bad then I guess that's what you do. It's didn't it seem that way? Didn't it seem like it was a significant enough injury that that was that it seemed it was significant. No one seems to be sure. Like it's definitely in question right now whether or not she'll be there right but it doesn't seem like they're saying she's definitely out they're going to start moving on raw towards another program okay. uh right. it would not surprise me if they do position someone i guess we, we still don't know what the deal is with sasha or any of the other women because they haven't given them any time and they're running out of time right um but well i assumed we were getting sasha nia Jax. At some point, you run out of matches, even with a four-hour oh, SummerSlam. I mean, I mean, we're already up at, like, ten matches already. Well, they'll also do a two-hour pre-show. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. And they'll start at five o'clock. I mean, it'll be, it'll be five o'clock to seven o'clock pre-show, seven o'clock to eleven o'clock show. I mean, and they'll run past eleven o'clock if they have to. I guess. They prefer not to. I guess. Um, but, yeah, that's a bummer. We'll see where it goes from there. Um, what else with the cover from... Elias loses his last name. Yeah, that... <laughs> like... The only reason I don't like that is because... I want him to walk around spouting off sports stats now. Oh, right. The Elias Sports Bureau. By the way, did you know that the original Elias... This is a true story. I just finished reading... Um, there's a writer around here that's amazing. His name is John Eisenberg. And he wrote a book about all the various uh, consecutive games played streaks. Mm-hmm. Um, with Cal Ripken and Lou Gehrig being sort of in the forefront of the right. book. Of course. But he wrote about... like The guy, Mr. Elias. Right. Whoever... I don't remember the guy's first name now. Like, the first reason why people knew him is because he sent out this memo to all reporters once that said the longest consecutive, as, as this guy Walter Scott was approaching setting the record for the most consecutive games played, he sent out a memo, here's, here's the actual record, here's who holds it, here's the number, and as it turns out, he was wrong. Oh, jeez. So we've based all sports stat keeping, like, the off most, of, off a guy who was, was wrong. wrong. with his first big right. story. Right, like, was... Hmm. It's like I mean, it's a it's a weird weird it's just goofy a, bit. It's just a weird thing. I, I would love it if he starts doing like yeah. I mean, John, John Cena is right. going for his seventeenth right. title here. I don't like it because I don't like him saying hi. I'm, I'm Elias. Elias. Who wants to walk with Elias? It's just too repetitive. If you were going, and here's the thing: if you were going to drop a name, wouldn't you drop Elias? 
Um, it, yes, but then there's the biblical stuff, and that's just weird. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I what I would say is I don't think he needed to drop a name. And again, I, I th- this is clearly Vince. This, uh, this is another thing. This is Vince. I guess let's take it. Put an eye on him. Vince likes him for whatever reason. Oh, there's a lot I've, to like. I, I'm not saying there's no reason not to like him, but a lot of his little changes, the kind of the way he no, started off. Just it smells well, if, of micromanaging. If, if they're getting Vince. if they're getting rid of who wants to walk with Elias, they're stupid because who wants to walk with Elias? Well, the, is... the only reason to get rid of it is it almost is too much of a call and response pop thing. You know, they've, those sort of like they've done it perfectly to get booze. Every time they've done it, it's been responded with. Yeah. I mean, like it's been perfect. I, I almost the the one thing it almost at times feels like the Baltimore I'm here of the Wyatt family they had to get rid of. I, I mean, I could see in the future that becoming an issue. It to me has been excellent so far. It has been. I, there's nothing wrong with Elias. Not at all. Oh, been, I, I, I wish he would bring back the Drifter. I liked the Drifter. I thing. like the Drifter too, but it's been so good. I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else from Raw that we got to cover? Nah, we're good. Right, oh wait, yeah. Good. Actually, no. There, there is something. Uh, I guess we are getting the Shield as a tag. Team, oh right, the tag which team is thing. Yeah. Really, you know, I have no problem with it. It's really weird that you know, especially Ambrose has been focusing on the Miz so much. Finally, gets a pin over him in a tag right. match, and then decides to ignore the Miz. You're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. But I think that they, you know, they see the Shield thing is bigger than that, and. They're not wrong. Of course they're not. I mean, like it's absolutely is, and so they're going to make the money on that. But I, I get it. It's it's a little weird in storyline, but you know, I think you can make an argument that individually, even Dean Ambrose would say, you know, even his character would say, yeah, this is better. This is what I should be doing. You know, something along those lines. Um, that all being said, the question really is: Are we? Is this leading up to a Dean heel turn? Right. Which. It feels like it should be. I think it is. I don't think it's imminent. I think it's. I think they go through SummerSlam. I, it wouldn't shock me if they won the titles at SummerSlam. Okay, and take um, a little bit of run with run, that. Run with that, and then he stabs them. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. All right, very good. When we come back in, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will be joined by the Hall of Famer next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. This is Jobbing Out. It's summer, which means you're driving somewhere. It might be Ocean City, maybe Wildwood or the Outer Banks, wherever it is. You're driving there, and you haven't driven that far in a while. So you need to go to Full Circle Tire and Auto first, 1304 Governor's Court, Unit 110 in Abingdon, because they're going to give you a free road trip check and a free battery check, plus the best prices on tires in town and $79.95 AC services all summer long. Don't wait until you're on the road to find out there was something wrong with your vehicle. Go to Full Circle Tyron Auto first. You can call 410-676-2277. That's 410-676-CARS or visit FullCircleTyronAuto.com to find out more. Back in here for segment number three. It is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster hoping to get uh, the main event. AJ Francis back in with us when he can as he's down at training camp right now. But we've done better than that because we don't have a main event. We've got a Hall of Famer. We have an icon in professional wrestling and a man who's coming our way. He will be part of Primal Conflict Wrestling's event, Revolution Rumble. Enter the Dragon, aptly titled, September 23rd at the Ranson Civic Center in Ranson, West Virginia, because 
He is the dragon. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat now joins us here on Jobbing Out. Ricky, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's so good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, you guys are quite welcome. Pleasure to do this. All right, I'm going to ask a question, and it's going to sound sort of like a dumb question, but I hope you'll hear me out. What's it like being Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? And I mean that by, like, dude, you're an icon. Whenever you go anywhere, people are losing their minds because you're there. How cool is it to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? Well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm humbled by your question, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's been over 20 years since, uh, since I've, you know, actively uh, full-time wrestling, but it, it certainly is nice to you know, wherever I venture out of Berg, and um, it's it's nice that people come up and recognize me, and uh, talk about the old days and how they they enjoyed watching that that wrestling back then. I I kind of call that time period of wrestling like the golden era of our business. You know, through the '80s and '90s, you know, when WrestleMania started, and, and then I had my matches. You know, with Flair. I mean, with Savage. At WrestleMania three, then in '89 with Flair, but uh, throughout the Virginias in the late '70s and through the '80s, uh, campaigned a lot with Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling with Pockets. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it is it uh, is it is humbling for people to uh, to recognize you. I'll tell you one thing that really surprises me, and this uh, is when you come up and you eight eight or nine year old fan comes up and recognizes you. Right. Right, you're like, how how do you know about the dragon? You know, and with everything on the internet and through uh, the networks, you know, they can go back and watch films way back in the day, and and uh, a lot of the kids, you know, when I do appearances and signings, they, uh, you know, they'll say, hey, I just got finished watching you and Macho Man, you know, and geez, you know, what a match and so forth. So it's it's really nice when the when the young kids come up and recognize you because it sort of surprises you right from the get go. What does what does the chant "You still got it" mean to you? What does it wow, mean? That, what a, yeah, what a night that was! Right? Yeah, so, you know, uh, I was uh, one thing that I was always worried about, and that is, uh, and it's almost like with any sports figure that you know, guys that performed well, regardless of what sports you're in, and then and then they make a you know a little um, cameo appearance, so to speak. And um, my fear was that I didn't, I didn't want to go out there and embarrass myself as well as the fans that rooted for me for all those years and, and say, well, you know, Ricky, man, you should have stayed out of the ring. You know, um, I wanted to, if I could have been, you know, 60, 70% of what I used to be, that would, that would have made me happy at, at that age. Cause I, you know, I look back and I see a lot of the guys that I worked against in the ring and, and, um, try to make a comeback or get back in to do appearances and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, they're just a, they're just a fraction of what they used to be. And, um, God, I, I wanted my fans to remember me as, you know, when I was, and, uh, fortunately I was able to pull it off, but also understand I was in the ring with some good guys, you know, with like Chris Jericho, <laughs> right. and, you know, it, 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 you know, he, he took care of this old timer. Oh, that's cool. I, I believe, by the way, our third co-host, A.J. Francis, has been able to reconnect with us. A.J., are you there? It's an honor to be talking to the dragon himself. And I said, I said when you brought the uh, – when you had to 
you had a time where you brought out a literal dragon with you and you had tape around its mouth. And you also had the Spitfire gimmick where you would, you know, spit fire like a dragon. Which one of those two gimmicks made you more uncomfortable? Oh, the fire. Really, the, uh, I I didn't care for that. You know, there were times we had a a South American caiman, which is another word just for a crocodile, then a Komodo dragon and small monitor lizards. Fortunately, we had a handler there that's, that would bring it to the shows. Um, he was the same guy that brought Jake's the snakes, uh, uh, boas to the shows, same handler. Guy did a lot of stuff for Hollywood tooth, but, um, you know, that was, I was happy when, uh, carrying that thing was, uh, was over. <laughs> I was, I was really happy. It was, um, I wasn't afraid of it. It's just that, uh, the darn things were just from the nose to the tip of his tail, nothing but muscle. And if, and if that sucker ever got away from you, man. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't a highlight reel for Ricky Steamboat in that point in time in his career. Um, blowing the fire though, you know, the car- it was kerosene. Um, you know, I got, I got used to it. I had, it was a bit there to do it every night and then go and get in the ring and wrestle and you still got kerosene in your mouth. You know? <laughs> but, you know, uh, you know, from what the directors were telling me, especially on TVs and pay-per-views, it, it, makes, it made for great television. And, uh, uh, but, you know, when I, when I stopped doing both and uh, just got back to being Mickey the Dragon and uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I felt a little bit of relief. You know, there were some nights in which the truck didn't have kerosene, and they'd have to go out and find whatever they could find for me to blow fire with. Oh, and, God. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I had and, uh, and meanwhile, you're trying to be like, it's okay. We don't, we don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's, hey, it's good. You know, and it's, oh, no, the fans are looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I went out with, um, God, I think it was like 150 proof grain alcohol. And, oh. uh, and I was standing backstage behind the curtain, and I had a mouthful, and the match was running long. And by the time I, I got out to the ring and then um, did the fire, I had all these uh, water bubble blisters inside my mouth, oh. uh, like on the roof of your mouth when you God. bite into a hot pizza. Jesus, yes, it sucks. And yeah, yeah I, had, I had a four or five of those inside my mouth. Oh. Um, all festering up and everything, so that that made it that made it for a bit rough for the following <laughs> nights, you know, to get out there and do it. But oh. I had to have my blood checked every three months. Um, kerosene's got a little bit of a lead residue in it, <laughs> and, um, so that was another worry. My God. Sounds like the worst bit ever to write into a contract. <laughs> By the way, you're going to have to do this gimmick, and you're going to have to go to the doctor. <laughs> get your blood poisoning months. check, no doubt. Yeah, get, yeah, get your blood checked to see if you're okay. Oh. So when people hear your name, one of the first things that obviously comes up is that WrestleMania three match, Savage Steamboats. What are your memories from that <laughs> match, and uh, what, what, what does it mean to you when people still say to this day, the greatest match in WrestleMania history? Well, well, you know, uh, uh, when they make that statement, they got to be a real fan of, of me, of Ricky Steamboat. There have been some great, great WrestleMania matches to precede that one. Um, although I think on that match, unbeknownst 
to Savage and myself, we sort of changed, you know, the way the, the you know, the standard blueprint of designing a match because we had got 21 false finishes in that match. And um, we set out to uh, really just to steal the show that night, uh, not knowing that years later that the match would still get recognized over and over. But uh, we wanted to take advantage of um, the huge crowds, the crowd at the Silverdome. We also heard that the buy rate for the pay-per-view was was really coming in big. And, you know, all the credit to our biggest icons at that time in the business between Andre and Hogan, you know, but uh, Savage and I were certainly a good supporting card, uh, main event card on that on that night. And hearing the numbers, and we said, well, we can go out there and steal the steal the night and put put something together. You know, I knew Andre pretty well at the time, and his back was bad, his uh, hips were bad, uh, supporting all that weight for all those years. And he just told me that he says, he goes, Ricky, I'm just we're just going to do the bear hug. <laughs> so. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, with not a whole lot of action going on, only because of Andre's physicality, but uh, um, we were able to go out there and, you know, we just wanted to go out and steal the show that night, not knowing, uh, again, that uh, people still talk about it. I just wish Randy was still around to, to share the moments with me when, when I do appearances and stuff, that if we could have been sitting side by side and just listen to the to the fans talk about the match over and over. Yeah, it's it's mentioned more times than any other match that I've had in my career, even the ones with Flair in 89 when we had the trilogy, those those three big matches, but uh, uh boy, I was I was uh happy and relieved that, that when that match was over. I remember laying there in the ring after the 1 2 3 and looking up at God and saying it, it is done. <laughs> you, know, you know, Savage was a stickler, and he was a, he was a, God, he was so on point, and you're going in with 21 false finishes, and you're just trying to re- remember each one, you know, 20, 21 false finishes, holy mackerel. That's incredible. Yeah, it, um, did you, we used to, we, we got at the that match. time, did, could you, I'm sorry, at that time, could you tell, like, when you're in that moment? Are you aware, like, wow, we're doing something incredible that's never been seen before? No, never thought, never crossed my mind. My, I was focused on what to, what we were doing next, you know, and and try to make it look like, um, try to make it look like it wasn't it wasn't so planned out or laid out or choreographed. There's the word. You know what I mean? Right, uh, right. You try to be natural because you know back even at that time, um, uh, most of the time. A lot of the stuff was just called on the fly, but uh, since we had this opportunity to try and steal the show, we just started putting together bits and pieces, and the next thing you know, it ended up being the whole match from start to finish, and then we didn't have an opportunity to, to work with each other leading up to that match, because he did, we did the angle, and he, cause he came off the top rope with the bell on my throat, and I was out of the business for two and a half months, and doing some uh, little venues on uh, speech therapy and trying to recover, and everybody was going to wonder if I was ever going to make it back. And So we didn't have any any time in the ring to fine-tune it or test it. We, we just laid it out, and then here we go. 
It's wild. It ends up being this just iconic classic that we will talk about forever in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, PrimalConflictWrestling.com is the website for you to get your tickets for Revolution Rumble. Enter the Dragon on September 23rd. Uh, We love PCW. It's going to be an awesome event. Joey Matthews will be there as well. But uh, we, of course, are joined here. Yep. I have an old partner, Shane Douglas. Is he? I understand yeah, he's yeah, the franchise. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Going to yeah. be a great night. Uh, you the- know, his, his attitude in the business it surely has changed. I remember when we were tag team partners. Uh, God, I'm going to say 90, 90, early 90s. Um, and we did well. But, uh, you know, I think he's uh, he's went to the dark side, so to speak. You know? <laughs> You know, with uh, when he was with ECW and all that, and uh, maybe I, I pull him aside. I'll have a little chat with him or keep my <laughs> eye on him or something. You know, that that's not the same same uh, Shane Douglas that was uh, that was my partner. Get him straight. Get him straight. No doubt about that. Yeah. Ricky- He'll probably pop me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, then I'll have to turn around and give him a chop, and then we'll have a little backstage action going on. Yeah. And, you never know. If somebody's standing there with a uh, phone, they might be uh, put it on video. I am. I, um, I want to be there for all of that. I want. To, I want to be there for every single part of that. Hey, uh, Ricky, you know you you've obviously accomplished such a great deal. And um, whenever we talk to Hall of Famers, one question that we like to ask is, "Who's the guy that hasn't gotten their due?" You know, who is it that now a generation of pro wrestling fans? might not know about the way that they should that maybe isn't recognized in the hall of fame that that should be like who's the guy that you know that when when you were working that was the guy that night in night out just brought it and that that guys our age and younger need to know about wow you know god um pretty much of the who's who's and the guys that i work with are they're they've been inducted you know i've been with been in the ring with some great heels you know, over the course of my, my career. God, there's a lot of guys in the business. Back then they were considered middle card, you know, third, fourth match guys that by today's standards could, could probably be a main event guy. Oh, God, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with names, but they're all already all in. <laughs> you, know? You, the, you know, the Roddy Pipers and the Harley Races and the JYDs or Macho and God, the Valentines and the Don Morocco's. Wow. Um, you know, I'll tell you this. Um, he was only known in the Carolinas, and I don't know if you guys recall, but uh, when Jay Youngblood and myself had our feud going on with Sergeant Slaughter, who has already been inducted, but he had a tag team partner by the name of Don Cranoodle. Okay. And Don was a, uh, was a jobber. And uh, I know AJ understands that. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, it's just it's just a wrestling term. It was a guy that was uh, his job was to make, go out there every night and make the other yeah. guy look good. And and then Sergeant Slaughter took him under his wing. And and Jim Crockett said he'll never fly. Crockett said he'll never fly that uh, Canoodle could uh, you know carry the weight. And uh, and I told Jimmy, I said Crockett, you just leave that up to Jay and I. You know, Sarge had a plan of each week where it would show Canoodle going, uh, getting better. Uh, he wouldn't lose a match. Maybe he wrestled to a draw, 10-minute draw on TV. And then he finally got his first win, and it was all under the 
tutelage of uh, Sergeant Slaughter and his uh, drill instruction, Marine-style, Army-style dr- drill instruction, and Canoodle got better. And the next thing you know, those guys uh, beat us for the world championships, and uh, then we were chasing them. And uh, we set some pretty big records in and around the Carolinas in uh, attendance. And Canoodle, when he stepped up, and, um, you know, I, I only know that he's just known around the Carolinas because he never made it to WCW, and I don't, he never made it to WWE or F at the time. But there, there was a guy that was never won a match for so many years, and then when he was put in a position to, to be a main event guy, he stepped right up. Um, you know, that's an un, unknown name probably to that's a cool. lot of the wrestling fans that are out there listening, except for the, maybe the ones in, in the local area that we're going to be venturing in, in uh, you know, September the 23rd. You know, you were really credited for bringing a more athletic style to wrestling. You, obviously, you talked about how your match with, uh, with Savage kind of brought in a new style of storytelling. And today we have kind of a new crop of people who are taking the athleticism to a whole new, uh, a whole new, a whole new level. Kind of what's your thought on the kind of athletic revolution in wrestling lately? You know, it's, it's sort of, it sort of evolves in every sport that you look at. You look at ball players back you know, 20, 30 years ago, and you look at ball players today, and, and almost in every sport, um, all of the uh, athletes uh, have brought in the game that they're in all up to another level, um, as so is in our business. I, I, would just like, um, I would just like our guys to be more um, astute in storytelling when, when they do some of this, the big moves in the ring, you know, uh, some of the stuff where, you know, through tables or two and a half flips with a half twist off the top rope, you know, and I'm just simply doing dives like, you know, Snook and I, but, uh, they seem to be, they seem to put in a lot of big crash and burns in their matches. And 30 seconds later, they're out running around, um, I, I, I wish that they would just be a little bit more astute on uh, putting that big moment over, letting it all settle in so that the fans can gather up and think about what just took place and then um, do a little bit more of a slower transition into the next setup, you know. But, yeah, they have taken everything that I used to do and Snooka and, and guys that used to do a lot of stuff off the top rope. They have certainly taken it up to the next level. There's no doubt about that. No question that they've done that. Uh, Ricky, the the area you mentioned some of your stories before about being in the Virginias and you know Baltimore, DC. This has always been a, a hotbed for pro wrestling. I mean, it's just a place that that has been a hot town over the years. Do you have one moment from being anywhere in this region that stands out to you in particular? And and what is it that that makes this place so so great for professional wrestling? Well. You know, in the 70s, 80s, the, the quality of, uh, of guys that were working in the ring um, certainly was, uh, you know, four and five stars. Even, even guys that had lucrative 20-year careers and only did the opening match. But, uh, um, you know, I had some great memories, you know, with the matches with uh, Flares and the Savage and... Me and Jay against Sergeant Slaughter and Don Canoodle. And then after, after that, we took off and ran with the Briscoe brothers. 
And then when I was with WCW and Flair with the championship, and uh, I'll tell you a match, and uh, I believe it was in Baltimore that I had with uh, Lex Luger. And, um, um, you know, at that time, he, he was uh, not difficult to work with or hard-headed. He was just more um, robotic, you know, kind of kind of herky-jerky and try to, you know, create a nice flow because the guy looked great and he certainly could talk on the mic. Um, but I remember after that match that I was very pleased with his performance. And, um, you know, I ran into him about a year ago at an appearance and he, he always brings that up, how that one night, um, you know, I would... I was talking to him and teaching him and passing the torch to him. And I said, do this. No, no, not, not that way. Come back here. <laughs> Come back here. And he would grab a hole of me and I'd explain it to him and then he'd go do it or something. But he said he learned a lot that one night, you know, but, uh, um, we're always in the, in our business as us, as, as I knew I was getting to the twilight of my career, just trying to pass it forward. So, Every, all the years of knowledge that I had, I could pass it to the young guys, and you know, and they can run with it. I want to, I want to just if I can, because it was the 1989 Great American Bash. You were right; it was here in Baltimore that match. Yeah. I want to just to have yep. people relive this card from that night. Oh, that's yeah. Ric Flair and Terry Funk in the main event. Mm-hmm. The Road Warriors and the Midnight Express against the Freebirds and the Samoan SWAT team. Luger and Steamboat, Sting and the Great Muda. The Steiner Brothers versus the Varsity Club, which is Mike Rotunda and Kevin Sullivan. Jim Cornette and Paulie Dangerously in a match yeah. on that card. Sid and there was a, a battle royal, a two-ring battle royal. This card is absurd. Like, it's almost okay. unfair, the, the riches that were on the 1989 Great American Bash card here in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, every one of those guys is the main event guy. No doubt, you know. No doubt, every yeah. every single one of them. AJ, were you trying to get in? I apologize, man. You know, and the quality of work. Um, I'm good. I was just just wondering, like, uh, when it comes to the fact that Ricky has you have such a a luxurious career, and you've done so much in your career, but your guy has to be the. Do you did that bother you? Did you ever feel as if you know? Uh, I, I think I deserve the run here. Or were you just, you know, really happy with being the Intercontinental Champion and, and one of those guys that you said, you know, I don't need the belt? Well, uh, yeah, the answer to your question, I was just, you know, um, I took it night by night, and I just wanted to make sure that my match was the match of the night with whoever I was in the ring with. I felt um, I don't need a championship belt to be able to draw money. Um so, you know, it, it certainly was nice when you got the nod and, and you had a championship around your waist, whether it be regional or national or worldwide. But I just wanted to go out there and perform each night and make sure that when the fans were writing home that out of all the matches that, you know, they wanted to talk about was the one that I was in. That was, that's all I wanted. So, Ricky, we know you still got it. Who would you want to step into the ring with if you could step into the r- ring uh, today? Um, well, I'll tell you the truth. Um, well, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> 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 you know, before he got out, um, I've been asked that question in a lot of Q&As, and my answer has always been Shawn Michaels. 
Uh, I would have loved to, in my prime and when he was in his prime, to be able to do a, you know, uh, an angle with him and, and, and run with it for a couple of months and be able to, to work with him. You know, the match that he and had Flair on Flair's retirement match, you know, uh, that's one of those WrestleMania moments. You know, along with the match that he had with uh, Undertaker, the first one. Right. That was another. That was another WrestleMania moment. You know. So, yeah, he was. Uh, he was the kind of guy that no matter who you, you, no matter who in the ring he was in with, it didn't matter. He would, and um, he could adjust and uh, go with the flow. You know, I learned that early on in my career too. Being a babyface is. Uh, you know, the heel, there was a lot of heels, and everybody had their own character and had their own way of working. And I found out early on to try and adjust to their style as as opposed to them trying to adjust to mine. And you end up, you know, having a, a better match. Well, we would have loved to have watched that match. That would have been yeah. unbelievable to watch you two guys go at it. Holy crap. Um, we're going to love to see you when you come to town. It's going to be a great night. Primal Conflict Wrestling, Revolution Rumble, Enter the Dragon, September 23rd at the Ransom Civic Center in Ransom, West Virginia. Go right now to PrimalConflictWrestling.com and get your tickets there. Ricky, is there anything that we can plug for you, a website, Twitter, anything like that, where people can uh, be checking you out? Well, I, I, don't, I don't tweet or Facebook or anything, so, uh, you know, I just... Uh, I keep busy enough with just trying to keep up with my text messages and emails. <laughs> well, then we'll just tell everybody to come out. and You can support Ricky by being there for Primal Conflict Wrestling. That's the way you yeah, can go Yeah, we have to doing. see all the fans, and we'll talk about the old days and take some pictures and sign some autographs. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Ricky, seriously, a thrill, an honor, man. Uh, we are just huge, huge fans, and we really appreciate you taking the time for us this week, and we can't wait to see you out at uh, PCW in September. Thanks a lot, you guys. Appreciate the time. Really appreciate Ricky the Dragon Steamboat taking the time for us. A, a an icon in every sense of the word. Just one of the uh, the great performers in professional wrestling history. So get out to PCW and uh, go check him out. It's going to be a very cool opportunity for him uh, in the area. It, by the way, PCW and MC, I got to figure out what's going on. They're definitely doing more and more together. Uh, they've always had a good relationship. But with this each is other. this is the most they've ever like. They've never done this. Like, they're going out of their way to advertise each other's right. shows. This is... I mean, I remember um, when they, whenever MCW ran Frederick that they would let the PCW guys come up, flyer the seats, flyer outside. Sure, would, yeah, sure, would, sure, sure. But they, this is... They've always had a good working relationship. This is... I think they're starting to combine with each other and getting talent and stuff I like that. I think it makes sense. I'm all for it. By the way, uh, PCW also announced... Uh, quick note, do you know what important... I You got it. You better have seen this. You know what important event happened uh, 25 years ago this week? 25 years ago this... Mm. Oh, the, it was the uh, the Ron Simmons. Yep, Ron yeah, Ron Simmons, 25 years ago. The reason I bring that up, Ron Simmons committed to PCW in October. There we go. Very, very cool. All right, uh, let's get into the quick count as we wind things down for this week. Three stories we haven't had the opportunity to talk about uh, that we need to. Namer uro uno, we allow Aaron to go off the reservation. And uh, what do you have for us this week? So I was watching Lucha Underground this week because Lucha Underground is wonderful, sure. and I can't believe you're still not watching it. Because I, I don't. I, I don't. I haven't. It's we did the show on Thursday this week. I haven't had a chance to watch NXT yet. Like, I understand I mean, it's just, that, but I, I'm it's just, just not going to happen. Lucha, I know it's not. My kids grow up or something. Maybe I'll get down to be able to sit down and watch a hundred hours of Lucha. I would love to be able to watch it. I would love to. 
This is not me knocking Lucha in any way. I know it's not. I'm just saying you should watch it because I would it's love to, dude. wonderful. Create we, an extra day during the week where I don't have to work. We, we just need to spend a weekend sometime and we'll and just, just stay up. We'll just uh, stay no, up. Not, we'll drink. I'm not, we'll, I'm not uh, it sounds wonderful. It is wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And anyways, what they're building towards right now and matching a couple of weeks is uh, Johnny Mundo defending his Lucha Underground title against one Rey Mysterio mm. because... That's going to be an awesome match. Of course and it will be. We're going to be very thrilled with that. Nothing about that sounds like a bad idea. But uh, yesterday we had uh, we had a match. It was Johnny Mundo in a match against El Dragon Azteca, who is currently Rey Mysterio's protege in the Lucha Underground. Okay. Anyways, uh, Johnny Mundo won, but uh, ended up attacking afterwards. Ray came out to make the save. As Ray w- started to go back out, he uh, he saw his family in attendance. And he, you know, gave them all hugs and stuff as he was going to the back. Uh, this was after Mundo had been run off. So after Ray goes to the back, Mundo comes back out and uh, he gets in the face of Ray Mysterio's family, which included one Dominic Gutierrez. Oh, wait, is he Ray Mysterio's son or is he uh, Eddie Guerrero's? Well, I don't know if we ever. Well, Ray Mysterio did win the contract, That's if true. you remember, as Vicky pushed the ladder out from under Eddie and. Surprisingly, I, I talked to Ray a couple of years ago. I think when he was promoting Triple Mania, said it was his favorite angle ever, just because backstage, you know, he got to work with his son, he got to work with his best friend. Yeah, okay. Whatever you sure, think about the right. angle itself, yeah, it was super awkward. It was super awkward. But um, Dominic's big. Dominic's like six foot. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly how much he weighs, but he's a big. He's not his uh, father's son, that's for sure. And uh, he got and Mundo actually ended up hitting him with the belt as the rest of the Worldwide Underground held Ray. So uh, we could we I know that Dominic there's been rumors in the past that he's looking again to wrestling. We could be seeing him in the ring That'd sooner rather than cool. later. That'd be kind of cool. It'd be, I mean, it's just crazy to see him now after right, last yeah, time. Yeah, seeing yeah, him. He was eight years old. Right. And no, it's cool though. It's, it's cool. uh yeah, de- definitely fun to see that and be like, oh wow, right? You're right. that kid, right? No, it's dope. That's really really cool. <laughs> Who's your poppy? Um, next, you brought this to my attention on his show this week. Dave Meltzer reported about um. Some financial issues that the WWE is experiencing. Yeah, WWE had their conference call lately. Not a lot of big news came from it, but there were a couple little things in here that basically leads them to say that while WWE is not any financial problem at all, so don't, you know, this isn't me saying, or Meltzer saying, oh my God, this is the end of the world. But there's a reason to some of these cutbacks that WWE is doing. People have noticed there's no pyro on the shows anymore. You know, obviously, Talking Smack was canceled. A lot of little things like that. And there's a reason for it because the profits that they expected for this year are not happening the way that they wanted. Um, I read the story. Or, I mean, I, I read it, but just a recap of what Meltzer said on the show. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting for a couple of reasons. Like, it, it is super easy to say, hey, if we need to, you know, these are things we can cut back that don't appear to be. You know, make or break. Look, I'm sure that the pyro is cool and that, but I don't think it's going to be if you there's no pyro, you're going to suddenly decide. Well, I was thinking about going to Raw on Monday night, but now that I know there's no pyro, I, I think I'll pass. Like, I, I don't think they're really going to. A little disappointing lose for the pay per views, but for Raw, and well, Smackdown, and do we know that they, they won't. You know, well, they didn't like, have it at Battleground. But, okay, it's Battleground. Right. Like, do we know that they wouldn't just bring it out for SummerSlam? Because well, SummerSlam, it wouldn't shock me. Like, right. the big one. Mania, SummerSlam. They're not getting rid of it for WrestleMania, obviously. SummerSlam, Presumably. they might uh, bring it back. It, it wouldn't shock me if it turns out that those are the only ones that get pyro, though. Okay. I mean, it's not a big deal to me. No, it's, it's not, not a big deal. I'm not a not huge a pyro guy. Yeah, I mean, I think of anything, I find it to be somewhat annoying. Especially where we normally sit. Yeah, <laughs> It's right? normally right up against the pyro. Um, 
All that being said, like these, this is better than having to dump all of your talent. Well, the question, of course, is right. Is will that, that the next? Will step? that be next? Right. Like, if this doesn't work, will that be next? And if it is, that will suck. Um, and I think I feel like I would say, I let me, I let me reserve my right to react if and when that happens. In the meantime, none of this is particularly a big deal to me. Like, this is for the most part a. I get it. Talking Smack was nice, and people liked it, but. I don't need more of those shows. I don't need more bring it to the table. I want more wrestling. That's what I like to watch. And I don't even have time to watch all of the wrestling. Like, I don't get to watch 205 Live every week. Also, they haven't done a lot to inspire me to have to watch 205 right. Live. That's part on them. Um, but it does mention in here that the, you know, the, UK, the UK tournament, tournament right. did cost money, yes. and they might be less inclined to do that from now on. But look, I, as I said, they, they flubbed that, too. Like, they needed to come out of that with a plan in order to profit off of it. The fact that they did that without having a plan of where to go from there was a mistake from the beginning. It was it was neat and all, but like you needed that to be and next week you can tune into the WWE network to watch now how many people that are even that are casual wrestling fans can even remember who holds the UK championship. I mean, yeah. Like they, I, I mean, even I have to puzzle. Wait, it is right, him, right? Like, yeah, right. Because you know, you're like, well, I know who won it originally, but did they, uh, no? Oh, yeah, right, yeah, they did it at NXT, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like you remember it for a second, but you know, I would like for there to be a UK show. I'd like for there to be another wrestling show, but admittedly, I'm, I, I've, I've been dealing with fatigue. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot. Everything that we watch and the number of pay per views there are now because there are two pay per views a month. Um, it's, it's a lot. Yep. Cutting things that are that are like this cutting talking smack to me is not a big deal i'm just not going to be it's not going to concern me there's no talking it it disappoints me a little bit because i do think that it was you know it was an important thing to get it getting some people over but you know if something needs to go then i guess it's that um what i don't want that look the reason why people are getting the wwe network is because of the pay-per-views that's the reason and nxt frankly yep nxt and the pay-per-views is the reason why people signed up for the wwe network so give them more you know, one thing that I think they failed to do is more. I thought we were going to see more of these. Let's put a house show on the network types right. of of gigs. You know what I mean? And I get That's it. It costs money. It, but how much money does it? cost? I, I know we we've talked in the past that you know just set up a single camera. You and don't I'm have not, to do a full broadcast. Right. I, I get that they don't really want to do that. Like I understand that, but I think they could do a lower budget version of. I think you could sell. I, I think you. C- Doing it live does cost money. And, and agreed a good on amount that. Of money. I think you can do now if you do it the day later or tape it, do it a day or a couple of days later. Yeah, I don't. I don't love that. I think what I would like is let me know ahead of time that I'm not getting a full pay per view experience here. Let me know ahead of time that what I'm getting is something else. Right. Market that how you will. Market it. It's up to you to market it and to brand it. See what so WWE does when the cameras aren't, you know, something aren't like that, on. right? Yes. Give me something else to watch that's wrestling. Not, you know, like, I, and I'm the wrong person because I subscribe to the I was network going now. To They've say, got my money. And, and that's what I was going to say is that, because one of the big things is that the network isn't rising the way they thought it was, especially over the past I four or five thought, months. Like, th- this is the cord cutting thing in general. Like, the notion that you're getting. You're not creating more wrestling fans. Well, 
But here's the thing, right? at least right now, and here's something that I would be interested to see if they try to. So far, pretty much, they have never tried to expand outside of their core audience to the WWE. Like, we, we watch sports a lot. Have right. you ever seen a WWE network? Like, maybe you'll see a, a WrestleMania advertisement or something, but you'll never really see Yeah, on, I mean, that's fair. They don't advertise WWE network on, on... Yeah, you're right. In basketball. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. And... You know, I almost wonder if they start to do that and if they, you know, they have so much archival footage to be like, hey, this is the place where you can go and see, you know, you add some, they, right. they love the Attitude Era stuff, so put some stuff specifically to target those lapsed fans. Yeah, I don't disagree like, with that. that. I don't disagree that's not a bad idea. I think it's yeah, a good idea. I, I think that, I, that's the, to me, one of the takeaways is that the WWE Network, in its current form, the way they're currently marketing it, might be about to its saturation I, point. I hear you. Let me, let me throw in one other thought, which is... I think um, I, I think that there is, in all of these things, I, I like cord cutting. I think it's a good idea. I think all of these over-the-tops over are going to find the same thing, which is when you're a niche, there is a limit to how many people are interested in your niche. That's why the cable concept worked to begin with, is they were compiling everyone's niches and forcing you to buy everyone else's in order to get yours. If you're into cartoons, you had to get sports. If you're into sports, you had to get news. If you're into news, you had to get music. That was why the cable concept worked, is that all of these individual niches, you had to buy, you had to, your money had to support someone else's niche. Right. Even even within the niche, if you want baseball, you gotta buy the NFL network, you gotta buy the NHL network. As we get to over the top and cord cutting, those niches, you're finding out, there is a limit to that. All of the people that were getting the USA Network aren't all interested in pro wrestling enough to spend $10 a month in order to get it. And even as smart TVs are smarter, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's, it's still easier for me to sit down, flip on my remote, and find something on my DVR than it is for me to go, you know, press six different buttons in order to get into the WWE Network. This is going to be an issue for everybody. Making this as easy as possible and and making it as user-friendly as possible. And the other thing that I think has been a problem is that I think there have been people that have, have, bought, have bought the WWE Network, gone to watch a pay-per-view, had a bandwidth issue, and said, fuck this. It's possible. And you're not getting them back. And you can't th- they, they can't do anything about that. Short of putting the WWE Network on cable. You know what I mean? Like, short of putting which it... Which isn't happening. Which isn't happening. That's always going to be there. You know what I mean? And I get it. Like, most people have high enough speed internet that it's not a problem. A lot of people but, still don't. Yeah. A lot of people don't. And those people are going to say, I'm not going to spend $10 a month for something if I'm just going to lose it halfway through anyway. If I really care about watching a wrestling pay-per-view, I'll just go to my buddy's house and watch it there. Um, that... That's always going to exist. There's really nothing you can do about that. And I think that sometimes the numbers are just going to, to, to top out where they top out. The numbers out. don't lie, McJoe, and it right. spells disaster for you. Correct. <laughs> Correct. All right. Uh, finally, uh, Jim Ross says, John Jones, he's heard. John Jones is, quote, interested in a WWE payday. So am I. Someday in the future, unquote. Yeah, and I think that you're almost as much of a draw as John Jones I is. I know. Um... I, boy, 
This makes sense. Like, look, clearly, all the sense. Anything that involves John Jones making money, you know, like John Jones, he's going to try to make money. Yeah, I was going to say. And I did actually kind of appreciate his honesty in the uh, the the press conference the other night, where he said when people were talking about Brock Lesnar, and he's like, "Look, dude, I've only fought once in three years. I'm not hurting for money, but there's a lot of money that I've had the opportunity to make that I haven't. So, yeah, I want to start doing things for money." Because he knows he's 30 years old, and he knows there's a limit to how long you can make a lot of money. And as much as it's a nice thought, he's not technically undefeated, but he might as well be undefeated because the only time he ever lost a fight was because he beat a guy's ass too badly right. that they, they they disqualified him right? because right. he was so destroying someone. Um, but being the champion and all that sort of stuff, that's nice. Mega fights, being on marquees that's nicer yeah and outside of daniel cormier there's nobody in the ufc light heavyweight division that we're all sitting back and so well, desirous to see uf you know john jones fight that i get it i get where he's i mean saying, we, we talked about this last week correct the lesnar jones fight makes sense because who else is jones fighting that's a draw correct so it makes sense so for him to to be interested in doing wwe stuff yeah and i think that he wants to do I think that he wants to believe that he can have Brock Lesnar-like power, where he could go back to, to Dana White and say, yeah, I'll still come fight for you. But when I'm not fighting, I want to go make some money and do some shit with them. I, I think you're going to see a boatload of this stuff, because if the WWE was willing... The notion that Brock Lesnar will be the only guy these two companies will capitulate for is incorrect. As much of a draw as Brock, Brock Lesnar is, he's not the most dynamic human being of all time. There'll be someone... Conor McGregor is far more dynamic. Well, yes. If Conor McGregor went back to the same companies and said, you all work something... I can't do a good Irish. You you work something out so that I can do both of these things. You think that both those companies aren't figuring it out? You fuck right they are. More of these guys are going to try... There was news today that Steve Amiocic is... Um, wants a fight with Anthony Joshua, the the heavy the guy that knocked out uh, Klitschko, the guy that beat Klitschko a couple weeks ago, right? Like You're going to see more of this. Because all of these guys are going to start saying, why am I limiting myself to Dana White in order to make money? And if I make money for Dana White, won't he be willing to work with me in order to allow me to make money for somebody else? And the answer, presumably, until they shut it off, is going to be yes. I mean, like, what? You're, not, you're not stupid. If it helps you make money, you're going to make money in the process. So I think that this simply opened the floodgates, Brock Lesnar, that... This wasn't going to be a one-time thing where Brock right. Lesnar could get over on these two companies and, and say, I'm going to profit off of both of you at the same time. I think there's going to be a boatload more of it in the coming years where people that are marketable in any way are going to say, how can I maximize my earnings potential? And if that means I'm John Jones and i got to go to the WWE, well, we're over the, you know, I thought you were an athlete. That like We're over that now. Like, we're... Who cares that you're going to the WWE? If Brock Lesnar can do it, so can you. You know what I mean? Like, it's irrelevant. If can do movies, why can't people yeah, do it? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just over. So, yes, right. I think that we'll see more and more of this in the coming years. Yep. Dynamite, dynamite. They don't call you the best color analyst in baseball for nothing. That's right. There. All right. Uh, what are we plugging? We got, AJ already did his plugs. Download uh, download uh, Olympic Gold and uh, pre-order his album. You, what are you plugging? Now, we're on, uh, uh, let me, I guess, start from the beginning. You're on Twitter. At the Aoster. We're on at Twitter. At Jobbing Out Show. Just keep going. We, you can email us, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com, with a couple big events in the area coming up in the next few weeks. I should be having a few interviews in most likely the Baltimore Sun. Cool. 
Cool. Anything at Rolling Stone? Uh, we'll see. Very good. Yep. Very good. At Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com is my website. Hey, thanks again to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That was awesome. Go see, uh, see him at Primal Conflict Wrestling. For uh, the main event, AJ Francis. All right, the main event, vent, 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 AJ Francis. And for Aaron Oster, I am Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out.